Welcome to the Zeal Interestings podcast, where we discuss an interesting topic or link from the week. I'm your host, Chris White. My co-host this week is Jason Harrison. Welcome to the podcast, Jason. Hey, Chris. Happy to be here. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. I wanted you to join me because we've started some new things as a consultancy and uh, you're, you're spearheading those projects. And so I wanted to kind of peel back the veil and, and kind of expose what we're looking at and uh, where we're going there. Can you kind of introduce what we've been looking into recently and, and, and where that's at? Yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll expose our secrets. As a consultancy, one of the things we've identified, as, uh, as a lot of people have, is the sort of importance that augmented reality is going to play in software and applications and entertainment and all sorts of applications in the near future. So we've begun to explore some possibilities and how our team might be able to get involved in those, in those kinds of projects. Yeah, so so elaborate on that some. We are seeing, you know, we're seeing this opportunity as a, you know, as a consultancy, we want to be useful to people trying to deliver things. And so trend-wise, we're seeing that that people are getting into AR more or that there's like this looming uh, excitement about AR. For sure. Yeah. So one of the things that Telltale Sign, I guess you could say, is that the number of apps on the the iTunes App Store, for example, that are AR specific or the number of, I guess in this case, it's probably mostly games, is jumping greatly. Like it's a huge number, huge, huge uh, amount of increase. And there's also a ton of information being put out now, a ton of writings on uh, and research on implementations of augmented reality in the real world. So um, think manufacturing and in warehousing and logistics and in science and in different ways where having information visible to you in the middle of a process uh, without having a device uh, that has to, you know, you have to consult with is becoming incredibly not only possible, but very, very valuable. Cool. So we're seeing like the proliferation of the toy version of of this new technology, but the idea that you can pull up information right in your field of vision contextually is is what's kind of driving a lot of excitement about non-toy solutions for this for this sort of technology, right? Absolutely. I have read a handful of articles lately of, of different manufacturing processes that have implemented AR as part of their process. And I think that primarily they're using glasses, um, which again, are still very young as a technology and overlaying information during a process. And in, in, in many of the examples I've read were in manufacturing, where doing so decreases the errors that occur, as well as increases the speed with which they can complete the task. Interesting. So the promise of like five years ago with with a project like Google Glass was that being able to pull up information right in your context would make your work a lot easier. And you hear about these demos of like people being able to see like interfaces in manufacturing and stuff like that. But it sounds like those sorts of applications are starting to happen and starting to kind of prove their worth. Yeah, they absolutely are. Uh, and, and in similar situations, you have uh, logistics companies, and I use the word logistics, and if that doesn't make any sense to people, it, it means you work in a warehouse and you have things to pack and ship. And you find that a big part of the process where you're not Amazon, you don't have robots running around doing all the work for you, there's a middle ground there where you have a person who has to find a thing on a shelf somewhere and 
a lot of times a person will find the wrong thing and they'll even pack the wrong thing and ship the wrong thing. And what AR can do is it can augment the experience of you having to find that thing, not only overlay basically an arrow on the floor, if you will, of how to find the thing, where it's at, on which shelf. But then also you can use, you know, the scanning technology to validate that the thing you have is the thing you really want. And again, decreasing the errors, speeding up the process. So what exists in the world today is, you know, you've got the, you know, everyone's seen at least one demo where you can hold a phone in front of something and get an AR experience. And then you've heard, we've, we've been hearing about these industrial applications where they're probably using some form of specialized equipment that is some sort of headset. But uh, consumer AR headsets are coming, right? That, that's what we've been hearing, right? For sure. I, I mean, we hear news, um, I don't know, I would say maybe not weekly, but certainly rather frequently about companies who are working on a consumer-friendly experience. Magic Leap is one of them who has uh, been working on a very secretive device that will be, you know, a glasses-style thing. And Apple, you know, recently people have been have been talking about patents and different things that Apple has filed that suggest that they're working on Apple glasses. You know, I think it won't be very many years from now before the opportunity to wear a, an augmented reality device on your head that doesn't look terrible <laughs> will be a reality. <laughs> I, I think that like the adoption could be really fast. Like if you think about it, how many years ago did the Amazon Echo come out? Maybe like three, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, not very long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now, and now it's having a having a speaker like device that's tied to an AI is like something that's extremely commonplace now. More and more. Yeah. Especially when you have people like, well, I mean, Amazon, obviously, but even IBM, you know, you Watson has an API. You can use the artificial intelligence of Watson in an augmented reality app to point your device at things and have it recognize and, and detail to you what you're looking at. Um, and so there's lots of things that are that are going on in that way as well. Wow. So you say we're exploring it. Uh, what, what are we actually doing to explore augmented reality as a company? Yeah, great question. So one of the things is I managed to convince the higher ups that we needed to be to GDC <laughs> two weeks ago, uh, the Game Developers Conference. Obviously, the focus there is on games and entertainment, but that's often where a lot of this technology starts and becomes more more popular earlier. So we wanted to go and see who was doing what, rub the elbows, you know, make some contacts. And it turns out we actually did speak with the folks from Magic Leap and and we're talking with them about becoming a development partner with them. And, you know, so we can work. They were, they were particularly interested in the fact that we were working on real world applications, not uh, games necessarily. Um, because I think they see that that's also a thing that a lot of people are going to be looking for. A lot of companies will be looking for solutions that will, you know, increase their bottom line. That's what they all want to do. It will be really interesting to see how long it takes from for AR to go from being a toy to a tool, right? Yeah, I don't think it's very far away. I, I would be surprised uh, if it if we we're more than two or three years away before um, that it was a a real a real thing. Um, it's pretty real today, but in, in, you know, somewhat limited ways. Um, but so, yeah, we went to GDC. It's real in the way that like anyone can fly a plane, but not <laughs> right. everybody has a plane. <laughs> right. right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so we went to GDC and it was my first time going. So, um, you know, I didn't 
I didn't know best how to leverage it, but uh, it was a great experience. And we did, like I said, we did talk to a number of vendors who were working on different things. There's a lot of AR, or sorry, VR there because that's still predominantly the area where people look for and, uh, games and entertainment um, experiences. But uh, the consumer experience is established in VR now. To a certain extent, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's you have a number of headsets available now, and and uh, we did talk to the guys from Microsoft. We checked out the Hololens, which is a different kind of experience. It's a it's more of an AR experience, but the 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 buzzword at GDC was actually mixed reality MR. So people didn't talk about VR or AR. Everything was MR. Yeah, I tried a uh, Hololens experience like six months ago. And I don't know if it was, you know, necessarily the experience or the the venue, but it felt like they were trying to like run a VR game while also being able to see the world around you and not necessarily, not necessarily like mixing those so well as just like doing both at the same time. So, so I wonder how, how far that has come since then. I don't think it's changed too much. Um you know, the HoloLens, for me, the experience was was okay. You know, I, I did uh, enjoy it. It was fascinating. And, you know, the VR experience was also uh, fascinating. The AR experience is fascinating. I, I really think that all of these uh, technologies are have very interesting potential and uses. Beyond GDC, the other thing we're doing is is I set a couple of targets. As you mentioned, I'm sort of spearheading this AR thing. So I set a couple of targets by way of committing to certain events. <laughs> gotcha. Giving giving real deadlines to our, our side activities. Right, exactly. So by committing to actually showing AR sort of things or talking about AR sort of things at actual events sort of has pushed, been the sort of the boost that we needed to, to get there. And so we'll be exhibiting at a Comic-Con. We'll doing a little workshop on AR there. And I have another exhibit, uh, I think June, that I'll be doing, showing off some AR things there. So in the process of doing that, we've worked on some, uh, have been working on some proofs of concept, different little applications that we could at least demonstrate some of that, some of that experience. Uh, for right now, through a handheld device, we don't, we don't have a head, a head mounted device that we can do that with yet. You didn't pilfer any magic leaps at, at GDC. <laughs> no, my understanding is those, uh, those have to be kept under lock and key. And so we don't have those yet. Right. So for now we're working on handheld experiences. And in fact, just today I, I worked on a, an integration of image recognition. So Zeal has a brand and we have a logo. And so today I was working on an app that would recognize that logo on a t-shirt, on a mannequin in this case, and then present to you our shop where the t-shirts are sold. So a user interface within the app would display and then you could shop and add things to your cart, those kinds of things. So pretty impressed by like how quickly tools for this have been proliferating, right? Like uh, you didn't necessarily write custom image recognition software plug-in for such for for your for your AR platform, right? This this stuff is just kind of there now. Yep, and that goes back to what we were talking about earlier about how long it is until this technology is so widespread. Well, as it turns out, both Apple and uh, Google on their respective platforms work hard on improving their AR SDKs, their their libraries for interacting with their devices. So no, in this case, the image recognition of, for example, our logo is based on Apple's AR kit library, which in version 1.5, which just released, 
has image recognition in it. And so the thing that was impressive to me is that it recognized the image on, in this case, a piece of cloth in a non-flat surface. It was a t-shirt on a mannequin, right? Yeah, exactly. On a female mannequin. So, you know, it had a shape to it. And so it still detected it and it'll detect from the side, it'll detect from the top, from the bottom, from different angles, and it's still able to to do that. So what's that uh, development experience like? Did you just upload an image and it kind of processed it and, and had it ready or without going into crazy detail, how you set that kind of thing up? What's the experience like that? The great thing about it is it isn't a great amount of detail. So what I did was I, I simply took a photo of the logo on my sweatshirt that I was wearing the other day and cropped it to, you know, basically only highlight the logo. And then the only real requirement is that you tell the library the dimensions of the logo. So I got a tape measure out. And even though our logo isn't rectangular by any means, I measured its furthest points, um, top to bottom and side to side. And that's what I use as the dimension. And huh. that was pretty much it. That's awesome. Yeah. So I use AR kit for that. And, and, you know, Android has their AR core, which as we get further along, we'll definitely be including in all of our work. Uh, and then I use unity as the sort of the app development experience. And then this shop is a Shopify shop. And so Shopify has a Unity SDK that you can use to access their API for all of their storefront activities. You know, in many ways, I'm really just piecing these things together, but having to control the experience in my own way as well. Yeah, but it's really exciting because as a solo developer, you've been able to kind of mash together, um, you know, some of the more advanced things that are just available now and create these demos, which which means that a full-fledged application is not actually out of reach for a small team. Nope, it's not. The tools that are available are, you know, they're improving also frequently. You know, like I said, ARKit for Apple's ARKit 1.5 just came out. And uh, but before it did, when it was in beta, there was already a Unity add-on that you could access from their their code repository that made use of the beta features. So if a person or a team is interested in getting into the new features early, the code and the libraries are available to do that. And uh, I wouldn't say that the documentation is strong. <laughs> you do have, there's a lot of things to figure out on your own. The bleeding edge is rather bloody. It's pretty bloody. Yeah, I... I uh, a couple of weeks ago, I actually started to work on the image recognition side of things, and and there were steps that I missed because I didn't know. <laughs> there were things that I didn't know that I didn't know, and so once I figured, once I got past that uh, step, though, it, it was it became more more reasonable. And the the nice thing is, there's a ton of good examples included in these various plugins and libraries to learn from as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. So it seems like there's lots of tools for people getting into it. You know, as we wrap up, if you could paint like a vision for the next six months as as a company ourselves, like where would you want to be as in in the world of AR as a company? That's a great question. the The feeling right now, I think, uh, among the partners and um, and myself, is that we're still pretty early in the world of AR in in the in the grand scheme of things in the the time frame of from you know when AR is a little baby to when it's a full-grown adult, we're still in the very early years of of things that are going to be developed and technologies are going to be available. 
Um, and I think our best bet right now is to position ourselves as a team who can do some of the things that can be done today. And as more things become available, as more approaches become known and more, um, you know, more of these things become real, technologies become more accessible and these kinds of things, then we become more available to service the kinds of clients that we're used to serving in our application, you know, software consulting business um, companies who want to improve those manufacturing processes and who want to improve their user experiences for their software um, will be poised to uh, take advantage of those opportunities because we will have already been involved in it and not just starting from scratch. Gotcha, gotcha. So you're not launching the Zeal Game Development Studio today? <laughs> not today, not today. I, I, I don't, I don't want to give it away. That's uh, still top <laughs> secret. No, there's, there's still, uh, there's, you know, as we've been speaking here, there's a ton of opportunity to create AR and mixed reality applications using the tools that might historically be used to make games. But even the CEO of Unity himself has spoken a lot about how Unity started as a game development platform, but is really becoming a, a platform for creating experiences that can be used in a lot of areas that are not games or entertainment. So we're really just starting to scratch the surface and uh, we'll, we'll continue down this path and, and see where it goes. Well, cool. Well, cool. And wrapping up, do you have any parting words or or any uh, suggestions for our listeners? <laughs> well, if you're into AR, uh, certainly the tools are out there. Articles, the blog posts, and these kinds of things, although they do age rapidly because things are, are continuing to change all the time, if you plug into what Apple's doing, what Unity's doing, what Google is doing, uh, you, you will constantly be filled with opportunities to explore this space. And it's not as scary as it looks. Cool, cool. All right. Well, uh, thanks everyone for listening. If you want even more interestings, please sign up for our newsletter. It's at codingzeal.com slash interestings. Frank and Randy do a great job of just grabbing lots of cool articles uh, and uh, summarizing them and making them very easy to consume. So uh, check that out or follow us on Twitter at Coding Zeal. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everybody.